Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Salad Cast this season. I'm no Glyn this week. He is away on a stag do in Ireland. Um, so I'm joined this week um, by Tom and Nath. And um, let's go with start with Nath. How are you doing, Nathan? And how's the season um, been for you so far? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for inviting me back. I think it's been about three years since I was last on the pod. I think Ricketts was manager. I think it was one of his first games in charge. And I remember getting quite excited. So, you know, uh, hindsight and all that. Um, But no, I'm really good. Um, uh, The season's been very odd. I think we can all agree with that. Um, I think this game, actually, that we're going to cover in a minute, kind of reflects the season as a whole. I think frustration more than anything else this season because we've got some quality players, but the squad's just so thin. And do you know what? I'd just be glad when the season's over, really. Cool, yeah. I think that's a, a sentiment that a lot of fans feel at the moment. And Tom, um, how, how are you? And thanks for coming back on the podcast. And yeah, what's the season been like for you? Hello, hello, hello. Um, yeah, it's it's been fun, isn't it? Um, it started off really, really bad and we've sort of, drifted into mediocrity in mid-table and that that sort of worked for us but I mean it's been poor but we've been saved by a lot of terrible teams in this league it could have been a lot lot worse in a decent league yeah we're lucky I mean there's some, some very 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 poor teams in this in this division this um this season um which obviously kind of saved our bacon a little bit um could have been a bit more bit bit more I don't know how to put this. Yeah, we could have been in more in a, in a dog fight than we were. We, we could we got have had close. a lot more of a tricky end season than we've yeah. got right now. Yeah, we are. Yeah, most certainly. So, yeah, this is an interesting game, quite a bizarre game to go through. So it's going to be interesting to go through that. So, yeah, let's just jump into it. Shrewsbury Town won it, switch Town won, um, a draw in the end. Goals um, from Worley for Shrewsbury in the 84th minute, um, and then for Ipswich, Norwood scored at six minutes, um, and Burgess was sent off after 75 minutes for a very silly second yellow card. Attendance was boosted by the home by the away fans, so it was 7,682, um, with a very good following from Ipswich of 1,560. Um, and Nath, you've been going through some stats yeah, I think it's just really interesting to see that um, Ipswich were actually unbeaten in 11 games prior to losing last week against Cambridge uh, 1-0, um, which really dented their kind of playoff hopes. Um, I think they were looking to bounce back today. Um, they've got a new manager in, in Kieran, well, I say new manager, he came in in December, but uh, Kieran McKenna, um, who was previously an assistant at uh, Manchester United, um, and he was actually promoted to that uh, role by Mourinho in 2018. Um, he's kind of a former youth player and kind of was at Spurs and then got injured, so he never actually played. Um, uh, but the sickening stat is he's only 35, and there he is managing Ipswich, and they, they, they've had a, a, an upturn in uh, in their fortunes kind of since he's come in uh, with that kind of 11 games unbeaten. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're quite an informed team until last week, and obviously they're looking to bounce back. Um, with regards to actually playing us, um, in the last eight games that we've played Ipswich, um, they haven't lost um, in, in the last eight, um, and they've won six of them. So the form was, you know, everything was kind of definitely on their side. Um, and obviously they were kind of, before this game, in ninth place, uh, eight points off the playoffs, as I was saying. They were, they were, you know, kind of a late promotion um, push um, from them. Yeah, and we kind of spoiled their playoff hunt, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think they were probably looking, thinking, oh, we'll go to little old Shrewsbury and kind of, you know, what's it, five games left? We could probably still make it. And um, yeah, probably hopefully uh, looking to bounce back. So I think that'll probably be like the nail in the coffin for their kind of uh, promotion chances now. But then you never know. Yeah, and it's, I think it's a very disappointing season for it, which is considering how much money and how many players they signed in the summer. I thought they'd do a lot better. Um, so yeah, not a surprise. Be interested to see how they get on next season um, with McKenna in charge again. Um, and, and Tom, um, who who started for Shrewsbury? Well, I mean, same as normal almost, wasn't it? Brosian uh, <laughs> goal. Um, Bennett was in the in the midfield. Um, was going down the way the town have put it on the social media. Uh, Pennington, Flanagan at the back. Uh, Nurse Lee at the back, sort of thing. Uh, Vela for oh Daniel's at the back as well. Uh, Vela and Fauna in the middle, and uh, Udo and Bowman up top. So at side Nathan, are you expected to see? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, and I think I'll kind of say it in a bit. It's uh, obviously Lee. He's kind of dropped back into defence, which kind of shows how versatile he is. Um, but yeah, with kind of the, the, the injury last week to uh, Ebanks, I think you know that's kind of what we expected really. 
I was quite interested at the start to see kind of how we were going to set up. Was it like three at the back? And straight away, I couldn't quite work out, even though they were saying it was three. It's like there were suddenly four, then there were five. So we were quite fluid in that respect. Um, but yeah, it, it was kind of what I expected. And what did you think, Tom, of Leahy playing the back line? Were you pleased to see him there or would you prefer Pierre? I, I, he's, he's a lot more useful in midfield to me. He's sort of wasted. I mean, he can do the job, don't get me wrong, but he, like, he's wasted when we could be using him. Because I thought the midfield today ended up being quite defensive when they could have been pushing on a bit more. Um, but, I mean, needs must at that point, isn't it? I think Pierre's out the door, isn't he? So, I mean, I, will we see him again? Seems unlikely, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. I, t- I totally agree with that. I think with Lee, he kind of... I think you were saying last week on the pod, Ollie, around like, you know, kind of Cottrell's got his players that he likes and he's a winner and he'd rather just play them out of position. And so Ollie Lee, he, who probably isn't... I mean, he it just shows how good he is that he can still have a good game in defence. But I think you're right, Tom, like he's so much better kind of going forward um, and, you know, could have played Pierre. I mean, we even got youth, youth, you know, on the bench. Um, is it Caden Craig? I think, you know, he could have played, but, you know, he goes for Lee. So I think that just kind of sums Cottrell up this season. Yeah, it's a disappointment. I, I do. Leahy was our probably most still our most attacking threat, playing in, in left side central defence, which says a lot about how poor the midfield was was on Saturday. But in defence of those guys who will come on to this, it wasn't really the, it wasn't really a game for a midfield the way we were playing. You had sort of Vela was sort of pushing out, but then he just seemed very flat fit all the way through anyway. And then you had Fauna and um, uh, Bennett. <sighs> They just they just never really pushed on or anything. They never got in the game at all. Like the game sort of went round them all the time. It just, yeah, it went over the top of them, and it, so... it just wasn't there wasn't any point from being there at all. Really, we might as well play played five zero five at that point. It was. Uh... Yeah, it was not a good showing. It's fair to say, I think, chaps, that Ipswich started this game better than we did. We started the game pretty pretty poorly. Um, they won the toss and they were very rude and went the wrong way. It always throws me when they do that because, like, especially where I sit, I always like them attacking kind of like I'm in block 15. So they was attacking to my right in the second. I was like, hang on a sec, what's going this on? This is wrong, so, yeah. Yeah, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, so they, they were attacking their fans. So, yeah, they were going the wrong way around, which just doesn't feel right, does it? And it's odd, isn't it, how actually that happens so many times, Tom, that the teams do go the same way every week? It, yeah, it, I don't know. I know we like to play towards our own fans, and they like in the second half, so it gives you that push in the, like, the end of the game, doesn't it? But is there a massive advantage? Does the wind blow that way or something that they like to swap it around? I'm, I'm not sure. Pitch, so I don't know, but they, when they get the chance, they seem to like to do it to us. Yeah, it is very strange. How it, It's only happened a couple of times, so... But yeah, an, an odd one. And in talking of odd, um, yeah, it was not a good start for Shrewsbury Town at all. Um, Marco Morisi was called into action uh, before five minutes and a, a point-blank header from Chaplin, um, which was saved. Awful defending, no tracking at all. And then a few minutes later, a similar type of cross. Norwood headers the ball into the back of the net from an overlap. And I know, Tom, you were quite commenting quite a bit during the game that um, basically they were just putting a lot of overloads down the flanks, both their wingers uh, and full-backs attacking. And when we've only got one and wing-back, it, it makes us hard to defend. And I'm surprised if we haven't seen it more often that teams have been basically isolating us in those wide areas. It's it's a massive weakness we've got, especially, you know, I know you can't really criticise Daniels too much. He's doing the job because he's the only one we've got to go there at the moment. But yeah, I mean, they really did like... they. Started off down Daniel's side, two balls came in past Daniel's, and he didn't look anywhere near them, straight into the middle of the penalty area. And was it Danassian down the other side with both? Yeah, yeah. Danassian, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, one to Chaplin for the point blank save, which was an amazing save. I mean, how he got, because he went the wrong way and he put his arm back up the other way to pull it out, like basically, didn't he? Um, and then, yeah, he, Danassian beat him, beat uh, Nurse again, didn't he? And, I think Udo was tracking back at that point as well. Udo was the only <laughs> Well, it just shows you that's what I was talking about, the structure. Yeah. When you've got when you've got um, Nathan only one you know only even a wing back, I don't understand why teams haven't done it to us more often. No, I know it's like twice straight away you can see it happen, and like the the save was pretty much exactly the, the same move, like you know the overlap cross in save, and literally two minutes later, and I was watching um, the highlights this morning, and I thought it was the same move. And that's how bad it is. It's like they're just doing it again. And um, like, so, you know, if I can see it, <laughs> you know, no wonder they were kind of uh, attacking down there. Um, but yeah, the goal was pretty much exactly the same move to the save. Um, <sighs> but I mean, they look dangerous. You know, it was, I think it was Aluku who, uh, who, you know, and then to Donacian who put the cross in and it was both of them both times. And, you know, they're decent players. So I think, you know, we've got to give ourselves some credit there. But yeah, you'd hope we'd done better there. 
it was a lovely goal as well. You've got to say, yeah. a cushioned header into the far corner. There wasn't a lot anybody could have done about it, but Mark the man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't really blame Marusi for that one, can you? No, not oh, at all. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. And then um, the game um, got even more bizarre in terms of location in the stand. Probably go to you, Nathan, because you were closest to this. And yeah, the yeah. Um, assistant referee, let's call him with our official title, uh, went down. I'm holding his leg. Yeah, and like I was talking to the guy next to me who, um, so I think just before then, um, there was uh, a chance, I think, where, oh, I think it was like offside or something. I think he made the wrong decision. I can't quite remember what it, what it was. And I think he was looking quite sheepish. And then about a minute later, he started kind of holding his, and I, don't, I, I said it was hammy. I put it on Twitter. He's done his hammy, but I think it was actually his groin. And he kind of pulled his sock down and was getting a lot of jeers from the, the crowd behind. But yeah, the linesman was just kind of not happy. Um, and I think, what was it, like a, a, a 10-minute delay in the end? Um, and and, uh, and my favourite thing about this was when the linesman was kind of being treated, there were just there, there were chance of time-wasting or time-waster, um, which, which, which I quite enjoyed. Um, yeah. The national started at 5.15. We wanted out of there at that point, didn't we? We wanted yeah. to watch it. <laughs> I saw your delay. tweet about, yeah, I saw your tweet about that, Tom, just saying, like, the national's on at quarter past, come on. There's <laughs> <laughs> money going on that, you know. <laughs> Fortunate, wasn't it? And yeah, a bit sheepish for the um, for my favourite moment was um, in this whole instance. So just for those who weren't at the game and don't know what happened, basically the assistant referee um, on on the west hand side got injured. He had to be replaced. The fourth official, uh, a lady called Re- um, Lisa Rashid, um, she then came on to be the lines lines person um, or assistant referee. Um, and she had to do some warms up. Reaction she got. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. But then she was doing warm ups down the side, which. Makes sense to do a bit of a warm-up, but it does seem really funny. You've got 8,000 people waiting for you and you're running up yeah. and down warming up, um, which I did feel a bit sorry for her. Um, and then the, the kind of highlight, a bit, another highlight of this moment was obviously then Ryan Jervis on the PA calling out for anyone who's a qualified um, referee to come over and take over the fourth official. And there was a, a, a chap in the, um, in, in the family stand, I think he came from the family stand, who came over to, to join in. Um, and it was really funny, actually. So he's on, he's on, uh, on Twitter with a, quite a comical name called Rice and Peas, or um, Shrews Taz. Um, 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 I'm not sure it's Shrews Taz or Shrews Taz. Um, but yeah, he he posted a few interesting pictures of himself um, in the fourth official kit. Um, and what did, I asked him a couple of questions, actually, how it went for him. And he said, um, basically, um, that he it was a surreal experience. I really enjoyed it. The benches were pretty good. There's one or two choice words as expected. The other officials are really good. And he really, he's a, a referee, of course. Um, he said he's really, he sounded really fascinating hearing about how they made their decisions. Um, and he, he, he did, wasn't mic'd up. The injured um, linesman was mic'd up. Um, but he, had, he did, he had to appreciate you know, the four fish had to do so much to do, which does raise a question who did all that before. But um, yeah, it was not a good moment um, in terms of um, when the, when the, when Lisa, came on the pitch um, Nathan sorry because yeah it's kind of maybe the worst aspect of football fans came out uh, in what respect? Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say there was some like like classic kind of sexism. I saw a few tweets online about that. I thought that's what yeah, you were going to. In our end, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, uh, maybe I'm just. I, I didn't see that, and maybe I'm just kind of. Uh, maybe everyone yeah, else you sit is just too too PC. Maybe, too maybe we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do worry about that when you see kind of like the female official. I mean, like it. I mean, I didn't see any of that around me, and but yeah, I mean, I imagine it happens, which is absolutely ridiculous because it's like she's a qualified referee like you know it shouldn't even be brought into question no. but it, I think it's just there's always going to be one or two who do yeah. that um, I know the so. Ipswich fans were commenting on it on Twitter that we'd made the reaction to it and I've definitely heard it I don't know if it was Block 19 that was making the you know the wolf bus or whatever but yeah it was, it's mm. 2020 oh. so yeah. it is yeah um, so it is not good I mean, obviously, it was bizarre when the uh, tannoy came on. I know you just mentioned this, but I've never experienced that in a football match before where someone comes on the tannoy asking, is there an official in the crowd? It was almost like being on a plane and someone coming on saying, you know, is can anyone fly a plane on this? You know, like in the airplane in that in that scene. So it, it that was quite amusing and I couldn't quite believe it. But the other thing I wanted to say about this was um, I 
I have like the commentary on my radio when I'm watching the game and I kind of plug it in and out. And um, they said in the Telford game, and I, you know, I don't want to talk about Telford on this podcast too much, but Glenn is going to be fuming. I'm sorry, Glenn. I'm sorry. I like, I mean, they get enough coverage as it is on um, BBC Radio Shropshire, um, especially after the game. But apparently they said that there was a 15 minute delay at their game because exactly the same happened. I'm like, what are the chances? So I thought that was bizarre. Yeah, it is very, it is very bizarre. I thought about mentioning, but I, I refrained. But um, you've I'm done sorry, it it's okay. I'm sorry. That's, an, that's the last time I say those words on this podcast. <laughs> so um, yeah, so obviously that was a, a big incident in the game. Obviously, the ten minutes extra, probably the most entertaining. Well, not sorry, the second most entertaining part from a Shrewsbury perspective. Um, Daniels was playing right, but he did a really smart ball over the top into Bowman. Um, the goalkeeper comes out. Again, sorry to go to Nathan again, but you're probably best positioned to see this from where you sit. The keeper palms it away. There was shouts of handball. I've watched you back a few times on the replay, Nathan. His foot lands outside the box and his foot were, and his hand did look like he's in front of him. So there's a chance yeah. for me that this was actually outside the box. I, yeah, I'm really not sure. Like at the time I thought it was and I watched it back and I paused it and everything and kind of like when he's in the air, uh, it's so marginal. Like I wouldn't want to be the person who made that decision. So you can't really blame the officials when it's that quick. But it's the sort of thing that v- I mean, VR wouldn't go to that, would it? Because they don't do that sort of thing. But well, maybe they would for that. Yeah, I think, I think they but, would have done for that that instance. Yeah, it would have been. A, it could have been a. Well, would it have been a red card? Would it um, be a red card? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I think. I think it is. Card. I think it is a red it card. Probably is. It's a bit, you can see, I mean, I think any goalkeeper would do the same in that situation. You're kind of like, oh, God, I'm on the line. But uh, I don't think we can complain too much because I think if it went the other way, we'd be like, oh, God, you know, we got away with that and that sort of thing. But also you'd probably be annoyed if it was given against you. So it's just one of these things football. But isn't that why we love football? And in a way, VR, like sometimes those things, it's the things to talk, we talk about, isn't it? And I mean, it probably didn't have that much of a, a footing on the game. But yeah, I... I have to admit, where I was sat, because, you know, block 15, it was kind of on my side. It did look like they were out of the box, from me anyway, but I'm biased. <laughs> I've just checked, and it's a yellow, unless it's an absolutely deliberate attempt to stop an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Ah, OK, so good, oh, nice. good, 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 good spotting up there. Yeah. Um, so what did you think in real time, Tom? Do you think it was outside the box, or was it well, just the angle not too hard? I say you know my angle, because we're probably yeah, exactly. the in the stand, and it's so hard to tell. Our angle, there was a player in the way, and you couldn't really see the line, so it was very difficult to tell, but... The best bit about this was that the Ipswich fans then, every time they had a touch, were shouting handball for every time their player touched the ball. And it, it felt very fourth day of the ashes, appealing for everything against the Aussies yeah. you know, in the sun, in, in, in edge battle. So they think they were mocking us for a pathetic attempt, or do you think oh, it was it just was a bit of humour? Yeah, pure yeah. sarcasm. Um, but yeah, it's the end of the season. You've got to, you've got to love that sort of thing. Yes, that's, that's where they are, I guess, in, in celebrating. Well, I'm just thinking about Ipswich, where they are as a club these days, um, celebrating handballs in League One. Um, but, um, <laughs> against Shrewsbury Town. Against Shrewsbury Town, exactly, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that was a good effort, um, I thought, from from Daniels. Really nice ball at the top. Um, and then there was a deflected shot, well saved by Morosi. Again, he was called upon. And then the best chance of the game, and this is where we talk about Leahy and, and Doe. and this is when Doe is just absolutely sublime and um, so chip ball from Leahy at left centre back um, Ado gets the ball he turns it he then does a bit of a step over and goes past Burns leaves him for dead crosses into the back post um, I've seen some people saying that Daniels is under pressure and stuff like he was near the defender but the defender wasn't touching him or anything and he, he can't header at home it was a very tough chance that he would he did flash go past the defender but I think that was a good chance Tom <sighs> I still can't understand how he missed it. I know it was quick to him and he was I, the ball was a little bit behind him so he had to sort of contort his body a bit. But, I mean, if that goal was about two foot higher, it was in the back of the net, you know, ifs and buts. Like, but it was. It would have been a different game if we'd have got that. Yeah, it wasn't the best best, best header, was it, Tom? It, yeah. No, and Nath, what did you think? Oh, exactly the same. I mean, like Udo, that's why we love him, isn't it? I mean, not just his goal scoring, but just the way he just kind of like... The control and like the little kind of like step over was just wonderful. And he, just he never would have done that last season, would he? It's just... I know it's bizarre. Like what, like a turnaround for a player. Like remember when we like we we you know we we resigned what was it for another season? I can't remember when he did his contract. We're all just a bit like, okay, fine. I mean, he seems like a nice guy, but really. And now you're just like, what a player. I mean, 
But yeah, and like the everything about it was brilliant, and it deserved a goal. And I have no idea how he missed it. And again, I've I mean, it, again, it was my side. This is why I like it in the second half. That's where we're shooting down there. So it was weird. It was in the first half, but um, it's yeah, he should have done better, um, Daniels. But you know, it's just one of these things. It's frustrating. I've watched it back a couple of times. I don't know how he missed it. But right. yeah, great play. That's what we can do, isn't it? Like we can. That was probably our best chance of the whole game. Weirdly, yeah, it was. It was in terms of yeah, in terms of your closest to goal, you can't really get much closer. No. And then just one comment, really, on the on the final and um, part of the first half in terms of action. Um, so Trujitama counter attacking, and Burgess pulls down Bowman f- for a yellow card, which was going to be key later on. Um, I do go on about Cottrell, and I know I do, but it's because he just gives me so much ammunition. So he talks about in the post-match about how um, we could have scored a couple of goals in that first half. We had one shot on target. So I don't quite understand how how we can say that, um, Tom. We didn't create a lot of chances in that first half, did we? It was all lip switch. Um, Yeah, I I mean, bar that Daniels chance, what else did we have? Um, Did the ball even really go in the box much other than that? No, it was well. They had they had they had sixty five percent possession. We had thirty five, and when we did have it, we were just hoofing it, hoofing it long. Yeah, exactly. We were I was just going from the back straight over the top and giving the ball away. So. Yeah, so I was, I was listening to a bit of Andy um, 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 Cook commentary as well as Nathan was as well, and you know I think it's fair to say that um, Cookie was quite bang on. He was basically saying we were just hoofing it forward, Nathan. It was not a pretty pretty style of football. Not at all. And I was making notes as I went through the game because obviously I knew it was coming on the podcast today. So I was doing my swatting up. And um, and the amount of times I just wrote long ball, long ball, long ball. It just summed it up. Um, It, it was like, uh, well, and Tommy said it at the start of the pod, like it was like we might as well not bother playing in midfield. Um, like lights of kind of Fauna as well, who I think is a quality player and he shows some touches, but he was quite quiet because it was kind of like they were just bypassed. And Vela and Bennett might as well not have been playing. They were just running around like headless chickens. And there was just this massive hole between kind of like this really deep defence and then the two forwards. And it was just long ball. Uh, it was, yeah, it was frustrating. And it just needed, and, I, and I, I'll probably comment this in the second half, but it just needed someone to kind of like play behind the strikers. Do you know what I mean? Like a proper number 10. Like Vela just wasn't, I mean, I love Vela, but he just wasn't doing it. There's no one there, was there? There's no one in that gap. There's no one supporting the strikers. No, at all. That's the frustration of the formation. And talking about long balls. So we had 38 long balls in the first half. It's which did 34, only four less, but they were nearly 70% accurate and we were 45. So it's worth noting, not only were we playing long ball football, our long balls were awful. And we weren't winning the ball. And we just kept giving no. the ball away, Tom. And it was a, a, a poor first half, really, from a Salah perspective. It, it was frustrating, to be fair. There was, yeah, we, we, we couldn't create anything. Like We couldn't ever get a foot on the ball and actually just play the ball around. It was, yeah, it wasn't much to watch in that first half. As like we, we said, we joked about this podcast being about 20 minutes long at that point, weren't we? So. Yeah, up to the up to the up to the the goal. I was, I thought this was going to be like the quickest podcast ever. But yeah, and to, anything else to add on the on the the first half, guys? We've I think we've covered most of it. Is it worth I think, doing the Burgess oh, yellow card? Yeah, we just did that. We did that, mate. You were no, understand. was that the, yeah? I just, <laughs> yeah, I'd say I was just reading the. There was, there's a couple of um, good video blogs on YouTube from the Ipswich fans as well, and they were they were interviewing people after the game, and they were all saying that Burgess shouldn't have got the yellow card. Uh, I mean, they're different angles from us, obviously, but yeah. That is no way. That was a, such a clear pullback. <laughs> it's like it's like the textbook yellow card be pulled back. Professional foul. Yeah, yeah. It, it was so cynical. I think the most annoying thing about that, though, is though, watching it, Bowman kind of had him and he did him and it was like a nice little dink around him and he kind of, he was already past him and he only tugged him a bit. I mean, it was a booking, don't get me wrong, but Bennett could have kept running. He could have kept running. He was not checked back. Like it didn't, he kind of almost gave up. And that was what was frustrating. Because I think at this point there was probably, because there was 10 minutes of injury time. And I think there's probably a good five minutes left. It's not like he was kind of like going to run out of time. And we were kind of through then. So that was the only frustrating thing about that. I mean, obviously Bennett might say different, but from where I was, it looked like he could I think he was going. Bowman, mate. I think it was Bowman who was running forward. Sorry, yeah. Bo- it, okay. it was Bowman. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I meant, yeah, sorry. It's easily, <laughs> easily done, easily done. Yes. With the it's the B. It was Bowman, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, anything else on the first half, chats before we move on to the second? All good for me, all good. Cool, cool. So, second half, um, it was a bit of a role reverse, really. Obviously, Winnie had one shot, no on target. In the second half, it's which only had one shot, but they still had 60% possession, even though obviously going down to, to 10 men. Um, not a lot to talk about in this half at all. It was, it was one of those games where nothing happened. 
in the second half. It was very strange. There was a period of time where the game was just, the t- time was ticking, but nothing was actually going on. Probably the, the couple of highlights. Um, so it was nearly an own goal from Leahy. How good was that save, um, Tom? Well, I missed the, I, like, I saw the save, but I missed what happened beforehand. I was on ah. my phone. <laughs> and that kind of sums save. up the half, really, doesn't it? Is that it was one of those. The save was magnificent. It was yeah. absolutely stunning. So it was a cross in the box, and Leahy kind of shot a goal. It was a bit strange. I was say, yeah, because everybody around me was saying how if it was down the other end, it would have been an amazing shot. And yeah, it was just up the wrong end. I think when I watched it, it was like Leahy was, it was like some sort of kind of like prime, like he looked like some sort of kind of Harry Kane, sorry to bring a Premier League player up. But I mean, it was going to be such a good finish. So the save was just wonderful. I don't know what Lee was doing. You would have thought he was the striker on the opposition team when it came in. So a bit just, I mean, I'm going to come to Marisi later. I mean, what a player, but we'll talk, probably talk about that when we talk yeah. about our top threes. <laughs> and then not really much else happened between now to the, the 75th minute or so um, where if you're on a yellow card, you just don't make a challenge like this. And I think it was almost so, it was almost a red card. So basically, um, Ipswich attacking, um, Burgess has maybe got a bit a bit lightheaded and was quite high up um, on the pitch. And the ball's coming to Morosi and he just flung his body at the, at the ball, well, not at the ball, the goalkeeper, and then two foot, but nearly two footed him, high, quite a high foot. And it was obviously a, a yellow card, but Ipswich players love to whinge. I, that was for me, um, Tom. That was a, a clear yellow card, and, and rightly, um, and both yellow cards I think are justified. Oh, completely. I mean, that was if he was a little, if the contact was a little bit higher on Morosi. That was a straight red. There was no no way. Of, I mean, he was late. He was high. You know, studs flying around. But where's the justification? Like, there wasn't a ball worth winning at that point either. I mean, no, was it wasn't goal. It was yeah, it, yeah. It was heads gone sort of moment. I don't know what what got into his head at that point. It was bizarre, wasn't it? He could have broken his leg, and it. I just, I kind of feel like if you're an Ipswich fan, you'd be sick as a parrot, and like you'd be like, "What were you doing, Burgess?" But he was. You're right as well. They like to moan. He was really kind of gobby. Like earlier in that, he was having a go at the 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 um the uh, assistant referee, and and he was so tall, and he was kind of towering over, and it just kind of looked really uncomfortable watching that. And then he was kind of being gobby again when he got sent off, as if he's going to change the referee's mind. So you're like, very strange. Talking about strange, it was an odd game. Where's the needle come from between Ipswich and Shrewsbury players? Because you had um, 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 Morrissey, um, Morrissey, not Morrissey, sorry, Morsey midfield for Ipswich, um, giving giving fouls left, right, and centre. There was a lot of handbags, sort of pushing all the time. Vela was, yeah, Vela was. We we, we thought Vela was going to get recorded because there was a foul yeah. right down below us where I thought he'd gone studs up about knee high and he must have just missed him, but. Yeah, that, that looked close to a red card as well. He was already on a yellow at that point, I think, as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he got would, a yellow card as well. A lot of players got yellow. It would be a game if he didn't get a yellow, though, Bella, wouldn't it? Well, so, you know. <laughs> he wants that break at the end of the season, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, well, there was actually, yeah, there was there was four yellow cards for Shrewsbury, um, one for Vela, one for Leahy. But Vela and Leahy get yellow cards every game. There was a soft one, I thought, on Pennington. I thought it was a bit harsh. Nurse got um, a yellow card. Worth noting, actually, was a tackle that Nurse did in this second half, which was absolutely sublime. Um, won the ball really cleanly and hard um, and started counter That was bizarre that it, it was given as a foul as well. Yeah, it's, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was such a good. Yeah, yeah. It's just you'd see that in the Premier League, and everybody stand up and applaud it. And but the referee, I thought, and we, I, we say we say this a few times now, and I do think that the, the level of officiating has got worse over the last few years. Me and Glenn have always refrained from talking about the referees because it's a bit boring and a bit cliched. But the referee, I thought, the last few weeks, I think the, the standard of the refereeing has been really poor. What, what do you guys think? I thought this guy was actually a bit biased actually towards it, which is, it takes a lot for me to say that. I bet you the Ipswich fans say the same there. Do you think it was just a really bad ref? But but I felt like we were getting more yellow cards than them. I know they had a man sent off yeah. in the end, but um, I just found it a bit he, strange. Yeah, he he just kept blowing his whistle, and, and like the I think that was probably one of the problems of the game as well. That it just kept it, it never flowed because the ref kept like stopping for like little pinnickety things and that sort of thing. Um, but like with regard to the referees and standard refereeing. Um, it has been poor. Um, I have been lucky. I mean, um, lucky enough to sit um, behind the dugout a couple of times this season. Um, 
in, in their official capacity, I'm just behind the dugout. Um, and I, they have a referees assessor every game. You probably knew this already. And there's a guy on an iPad and he's basically assessing the referees. Now, I don't know if that happens at every ground. I think um, it does it happen at every ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just really interesting to kind of know that's going on, that you see that kind of inner workings of it. And but it does seem be, poor recently. But it, yeah. it, it has. It, it has. And I don't know if it's these refs think they can do better and they're just kind of showing off a bit or what. I don't know. But yeah, it they're has still unprofessional poor. yet, are they? No, they're not. We talked about it's this a few a weeks ago. Yeah, yeah it's, it's obviously get paid for it, but you know the amount of money that's flown around in the game. Um, I mean, maybe if they were professional, they were a bit fitter, they wouldn't be getting groin injuries down running. Them well, and I just think if they were professional, you know, they could then spend you know four days in the week either training up you know other referees in the lower leagues and stuff and try and get a bit of a you know a bit of a obviously the more people that do become refs and stuff you know the more chance you've got of getting good ones but also then they can spend a bit more time yeah they can, but if they're, if they're professional you're on 50 60k a year exactly then and then you an incentive for doing it yeah you're incentive for doing it in the job. and then also they can spend you know a couple of days a week going to st george's park or whatever in burton on trent catching up or going through their decisions and learning and getting better and it, for me for for the sake of a few well, more than a few hundred K, but you know what I mean? You're talking maybe, I don't know, half a million, a million pounds a year from the EFL to have professional referees. I don't know. I think it's worth it. Uh, one of my no, I agree. things about football is blaming referees for everything as well. Uh, <laughs> you can't get everything right every time, but it just does my head in. But if they were professional, they'd at least a chance. Yeah. They'd have more chance of getting everything right, you know, more things yeah. right, a high percentage of success. Yeah, I think it's probably, I think as Nath alluded to, it's probably like not bias, it's just... Yeah, a bit of incompetence, maybe. Um, poor standards. But anyway, let's move on from, from the referees. So, game was ebbing and flowing. We'd made a few changes. We brought on Worley for Daniels. Um, we'd obviously, um, you know, trying to get that, get the goal. Um, and we, we did play a bit better, I thought, when they had 10 men, but it's which still obviously showed their quality. And then, um, basically, Leahy again, obviously, of course, our, our main attacking threat. Does the ball up to Bowman? I don't think Bowman actually wins the ball. I think the defender wins the ball, and it falls to Wally Tom. And what does Wally do? <sighs> right, how do you describe this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go with Lewis Cox here. Who initially said it was a deflection. Either I mean, take that, that's that's blasphemy. That is. That, I mean, take those words out of his mouth. I mean, new glasses on order for Lewis there. Um, but yeah, it's one of those where apparently from behind it looked like it was heading for the corner flag and it just curled beautifully over the top over the keeper into the corner place goes up a brilliant moment um a brilliant moment for, for Wally as well Nate, to come back from injury yeah and I before then because my notes kind of petered out in the second half because nothing was happening I just think I wrote long ball again that was about it um and then I did write we need a game changer on the bench but squad lacking and then I put Wally with a question mark and it's almost like I foresaw it and honestly for him to come out and like he was the game changer then and it came out of nothing to say it was like another hopeful long ball yeah it, kind of, it did come off a defender from what I could see as well um, but I mean that's just what all he can do isn't it I mean it's I was so chuffed for him and that's probably I think he said it as well it's probably the best goal he's ever scored for us and like that could be as well I mean I don't want to I mean it'd be lovely if he kind of stayed but he's obviously fighting for a contract and if that's the last goal he ever scores for us then pff, and you could see on the relief as well when he kind of peeled off to the fans and wanted to celebrate with them. I mean, it was just a wonderful moment. But again, it kind of just showed that if we had a couple of more game changes, then we can get more out of the games this season, you know. But pff, I was absolutely chuffed for him. Yeah. So what did he actually say? You alluded to it. So he said, I think it's the best goal I've scored for Shrewsbury just because of the season I had. I think the feeling I, had, I think the feeling was better. It's just one of those things where it sat up for me perfectly. Obviously, it's gone in and it's an incredible feeling. Um, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Worley. Um, I imagine most fans will want to want him to stay. Um, do you, can, can you see? No, I'm happy for him to stay. I can't see him. I just I'm not saying I, I'm, I'm not saying that I wouldn't keep him. I'm just saying he's not going to be here. Because he's I don't not, think the manager... He's not a cultural player, is he? No. No, he's not. No. So no. we both all agree that um, I was right, that he won't be here um, because Cotter <laughs> will get rid of him. Um, or maybe... <laughs> There's the, the romantic... save him... Go Sorry, Tom, go on. Uh, so go the only on. thing that's going to save him now is Cottrell just binning off all the transfers he's going to buy like last year and end up just re-signing him with about three weeks before the season. Yeah, I think if that's the case, he'll be snapped up by a League Two side um, by then, or or maybe one of these national league sides like Wrexham, who are just spending. That would be oh, oh no, man, no, that would be no, sick, no. wouldn't it? He goes to no. be nice for him. He signs for Wrexham on five k a week for two years. Um, Don't say that. But don't, don't. oh mate, that would be terrible, no. wouldn't it? 
in that nice red shirt. <laughs> why, why are you talking about this? You told me I've talked about Telford, and now you're talking about that. Yeah, yeah. No, hopefully that won't happen. I think like the romantic in me would love him to stay, but I think the realist, I think you're right. He's not a cultural player. He's also, what is he, 34 now? Yeah. Like, he, he's, he's, this will, yeah, it, it, well, true. But I mean, yeah, he could be managing next year. Like, okay, anyway, but, um, but yeah, I, I just, as much as I'd love him to stay, I think this will be it now. We will sign two central defenders in, in his place. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he is what we need, isn't he? He's the, the one... He's the one exciting player we've got in the squad. Okay, fair play. Let's not discount Udo, who shows he can go past players. But he's been getting fullbacks booked for years. Um, he's just been an excellent servant. And I think it's just really nice that he got that moment. He got that moment to celebrate. And he ran, obviously he ran back and then he ran over to, to block 19. His family must sit in block two or block three or something because he normally runs over there and does his little celebration. But he, he peeled off to them and then he decided to come all the way back yeah. around to block 18. And he was yeah in the crowd and everything, and it was it was it was great scenes to be fair. We need that at the end of this season, don't we? Little scenes like that, moments like that, kind of, kind of make it worthwhile in a way, even if it was just for a draw. But, yeah. yeah, no, it was good. It was a really nice moment, and yeah, not yeah. Without that, it would have been quite a bleak podcast, I think. So yeah, thank you, Sean Worley, for that, and yeah, <laughs> thanks for his service as well. Hopefully, we'll see him score a few more goals. Um, um, or, or get involved a bit more as the season draws to a close. Um, he was lacking. And we talked about it, you were talking about it earlier, Nathan, there's that no one in that kind of gap. We all expected Cottrell to play two central midfielders with a number 10 and two strikers. That's what he was famed for. We never signed a number 10. Wally kind of did that when he kind of started playing on that right of a central three and started going to those gaps. And we've really lacked yeah. that movement um, with, with him being injured. And I think if we'd, I think, Tom, if we'd had Wally fit most season, I think we'd have got a few more points. I think we'd have had a lot more exciting games. We wouldn't have had quite the, the amount of dull, boring sort of game we had sort of around Christmas time into the new year, all those nil-nils. I think if you had that sort of player there, there's a chance of scrapping a few more goals, a few more wins, turning draws into wins, all this sort of thing. But just a spark to watch, just you know, a bit of excitement in the game. It's, you know, Even if he doesn't score, it, it's something at least. Oh, come on though, Tom. Yeah. The, the manager was telling us in the week that he's an attacking <laughs> manager. Um, and I, he's... Thought, yeah, I was listening to Shropshire on the way in and he was saying about how creative we are now. And I was like, right, okay. We, yeah, we, I thought that was... Yeah, i just come back. Um, i just come back um, from the shop and we were just coming in and I heard it and I was like, you what? Like, and that's why people go, oh, you keep going on about Cotter because he just keeps talking absolute shit all the time. And he went to, it was really good because BBC Shropshire went to Andy Cook and he was like, he didn't even stutter. He was just, no. <laughs> Shrews, we don't score many goals. Like, you've got, to, you've got to view this over the course of the season. Um, yeah, we've had two really good bits of form where we've scored a load of goals. But yeah, we scored 42 goals this season. There's three teams that have done worse than us and they are Doncaster, Gillingham and Crewe who are pretty abject footballing size this year to be bottom of the pile after everyone else that's pretty poor Tom I think it was a dig at Lewis and Dunny again because it was those do you think it's a dig yeah he just doesn't like anyone commenting about his style of football he doesn't seem to like those, it does those he? comments were from the league one manager of the month award yeah done by the unofficial you know from the EFL and it was talking obviously I think Lewis was with them when they were doing that interview and I think it was a more of a dig at them too for not writing the positive sort of thing and yeah. the positives in those nine games um, in 2022 where we haven't scored those positives he's a frustrating character isn't he and like you can see positives but then he says stuff like that and you're like oh come on but anyway but who, who Nathan do you, who do you think he's trying to kid is, he, is it the fan that doesn't go to the game or the guys that I'm not sure who he's, who he's trying to convince well, I, I, I don't know I almost think he's just got this kind of I, I'm, I'm kind of scared to say stuff, but I don't know why he's not going to tell me off. But like, I, I feel like he he's kind of almost got this own self-belief in himself that he just sees things differently to everyone else. And like the players seem to love him. Do you know what I mean? And it's I, I, I don't know if it's almost like that kind of we're a camp, we're like a unit and no one else can like penetrate us and I will defend my players till, you know, the, the you know, the brink. Um I, do you know what I mean? I think it might be that sort of thing. I think he just doesn't like criticism. He'll just deflect. He doesn't like criticism at all. Does no, he? no. And um, it was an interesting. I've got another aside that um, uh, uh, I, one of my friends was at a game again, kind of behind the dugout, and he was kind of watching him. And it was in a game where oh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was like um, a nurse or someone did like a, a throw and kind of gave the throw away. And one of the fans 
just went, oh, that's bloody useless. And like having to go at the player. And Cottrell heard it, turned around and he said, I told him to throw it there. So have a go at me. Don't have a go at him. And and I'm like, it's quite bold having to go at the fan. But then I'm like, well, kind of fair play. Like you can He's sticking up for his players and he's deflecting it off them. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So it's the thing. He's, he's, sort of... he's such an enigma, isn't he? Because he's like, there's mm. so many positives. Like, like some of the tactical changes we haven't seen. You know, we, we talk about asking Ricketts. Some of the tactical changes he's made, um, um, Nathan Gaines, has been absolutely amazing. Like, he's such a good manager in, in so many respects. Yeah, he is. And and I th- we can see that. And, and he, he can read a game quite well. But then I think sometimes he's stubborn I guess is yeah. the word and that can be his downfall and I think we've seen that in like the signings or lack of signings and that sort of thing um, that's where the frustration is but pff, I don't know we, we we could be doing a lot worse we could be doing a lot better but we could be doing a lot worse and I think we have to remember that yeah I think it's I fair to say I think he's one of the best managers we've ever had in my time watching town as well yeah and agreed it's just agreed. so frustrating that he's yeah just can't deal with the media so what do you think is and that's a really that's what's the reason why i wanted to get you guys on to also you know to sh- other people share their opinion like you talk about frustration we've talked about this Todd. what what do you think we've needed to have made this a completely different season players but how many like just like <laughs> specifically like oh, well, it's, it, we have, we've got an 11 that's it isn't it and like if want to be able to do like I was clearly a great tactical manager clearly knows how to read a game clearly knows what to do at the right time and if he just had some more options people that he tra- players that he trusted to come on at certain times we'd be able to get these results but you don't need it's not many is it, it no it's it's you're talking what an attacking midfielder yeah maybe another winger just in case we want to push people down the wings or whatever if that yeah. calls for it but... three players if you've got another striker I... uh, yeah, attacking exactly. number 10 and a right wing back Yep. And we'd be a different team. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's so it's close. We do that in the summer now. And, but we'll also, yeah, we'll lose players in the summer as well. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's very frustrating. But any, have another chance to like the last one. Oh, mate. I, yeah, it was one that, um, yeah, you were tickly very frustrated, Tom, tracking the, the oh, last sign in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's very funny on Twitter. I would say if, you, if you're a fan and you're not on Twitter, Twitter is definitely is kind of the best place to be for bit of Shrewsbury Town solace um, when we don't sign players. Um, any any comments, Tom, and why we draw this cl- this half to a close? It was, yeah, it was, as you said at the start, it was a bit of a nothing half, but of the fact that there was nearly a spectacular end goal, a red card and a stunning goal for us, <laughs> but those three amazing things, nothing happened. Yeah, it was very odd, wasn't it? So top threes, um, Nathan, you can go first. Who, who have you gone for? Uh, so I've gone for Morosi first. Um, he is just, wonderful and and i think i mean you'll probably agree with me but like i took everyone talks about it's like you kind of forget about him because he does his job and then you remember him when he pulls up an amazing save and you're just like we've got a really good goalkeeper haven't we it's just one of those and he's ours as well which is just amazing but he just i mean he kind of in a way kind of kept us in it and and made you know in that first half where we didn't really do anything we had him to thank for that as well um so he was my number one um Number two up at Leahy. I was going to put Wardy at number two, but I'm like, he only played 10 minutes, so uh, or probably like 15 minutes. But um, so Leahy, just because, and again, we were saying at the start of the pod, like he, you know, he's more effective in midfield, like going forward, like being more creative, and I'd much rather see him there. But it just goes to show that when he goes back into defence, he's still quality, and he's probably my favourite player. Like he's just brilliant. And again, I think he is kind of, yeah, like we're very lucky to have him. Um, and then uh, number three, I went for Wardy. Just, I mean, game changer, which is what we needed. Um, he did what Wardy does, and he's still doing it even at 34, which is, you know, young. But yeah, um, yeah, it's brilliant. I was, uh, I would have put Fauna, which is a bit bonkers because he had quite quite a game. But when he does get the ball, he's so classy and he's so kind of composed and controlled. And I think he's been a brilliant loan signing, and it's it'll be sad to see him go. Um, uh, he even on quite a games like today, he just seems so good on the ball. I think at one stage he did like sky a shot over the bar, which is why he wasn't in my top three. But yeah, that was my top three. Tom, who have you gone for? Well, number one, I've gone for future Wrexham player uh, Sean Morley. <laughs> um, he, it, it was stunning. I mean, I don't care if it was ten minutes. That was that's a goal that it's is it probably my top three for the season. Bar the blocks and well, maybe even second, actually. Um, yeah, he's, he's 
it's Wally in it. What more can be said? Uh, I went for Morosi's second. Uh, amazing that he's ours, like like Nate said. And yeah, I'm, d- I'm debating the third. I think I am going to go Fauna because just because of that little turn he does. Every time he comes under pressure, he does that little turn, gets away from the man, and goes again. And it, I don't understand how anybody, nobody's reading it. He does it every single time. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah, classy. I, I love him. Yeah, yeah. Fauna's definitely a player who's going to play at a high level, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's a good oh, he's, player. Yeah, he's going to be a proper championship player next year. Yeah. Um, so I went for the same uh, same uh, players as Nathan, different order. I went for Morosi first, Wally second, and Leahy third, which I think is fair. Um, so yeah, different different players, but yeah, I think Fauna did well as well. There's a few times where he kind of just wiggles his way out of those difficult situations uh, really well. Um so manager comments, we've covered a couple of these already um, because some of them were quite bizarre. Um, but he did say we worked our way back into the game in the first half, maybe. Um, it was important that we didn't concede another before half time because that probably would have been the game done. But it's pretty equal game in the first half. It wasn't. They had they had seven shots, we had one. Um, so that's not even at all. Uh, but then he said we came into, yeah, after the first, he talked about the first five minutes being really poor. Uh, then he goes on to say, you know, um, you know, the, obviously the red card and the goal and stuff. So there's not really too much to say there, I think. And, and I think if, he is right about saying that if they'd have scored in that first half again after the goal, they they would yeah. have run away with it. I don't think we'd have yeah. ever have come back then. No. And why do you think we were so poor in this game? Do you think was it was Ipswich were just good, or do you think it was just a bit of you I, know I think tired players? I think they really like they were get around us. People were complaining about them, but like they were so good at pressing, they were so good at the short pass. They they knew what they were doing. The overloads they're doing down the wings. They, they were they were on it like it, you can, if that's ninth place or eighth place whichever they are in the league that shows how far we've got to get up to to get to that yeah. level yeah I totally agree I thought it, I mean we you can you almost forget to think about the opposition sometimes if you know what I mean like you can only focus on the negatives from a shooting town point of view and like when I got on the coach back to the prince after the game you know people were like oh we were absolutely whatever and I was just like First thing I said, Ipswich are a quality side. Like yeah. they are so much better than us. You can see that. McKellie's obviously got them playing in a really well. Well, they were so organised. You could argue the early goal kind of forced them into that kind of. They were just so well structured. We could not break them down, which is probably why we were doing the long balls more. Um, so there is that factor, and we'll never know any other different. But yeah, they are a better side. So I think we have to give them credit, um, and it just shows that. Which is why I said at the start, I think it's so frustrating being a town fan because you're like, then you see it's like, but we can fight these guys, we can get a draw, you know, and it's frustrating. But yeah, they, they were a good side. Yeah, yeah I think that's it does fair. Help that they have bought like half the players in the league as well. Well, that's the thing, is that, and that's why they don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I was. I thought they were going to be on for automatic promotion, and that's why Cook lost his job. But I think they'll be a force next season, won't they? They've definitely improved. It's worth, worth saying as well that their fans were really good this game as well. I mean, you get sometimes you get fans that fill the way and they're quiet, but they they were pushing that team on as well. They were they were on it from the start. No totally. fair comments. Yeah. Yeah, I think the other nice thing about the fans as well is you get some away fans who have a go at us or they'll be like, you know, Shrewsby's there, which is a joke because Shrewsby's a cracking town, um, especially if they come from a... Re- anyway, but um, you do you know what I mean? And they can be quite um, aggy towards the opposition, whereas they were just... Arrogant nice as well. Yeah. Arrogant, exactly. And and no, they, they, the Ipswich fans were, were class. Um, fair play to them. Uh, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, so, yeah, nice way to kind of end that, that game off. Um, obviously, a few a few points to kind of just cover off before um, we close the pod. So, yeah, um, Ebanks Landall's been banned from driving. Um, he was caught speeding um, and has got a month ban which um, for speeding, which is not normally. So I imagine he's got a few points or something on his license to get that. So very naughty boy. He's going to have to get someone else to drive him into training to have his rehabilitation on his knee. Shame um, he's not as quick on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he definitely left his foot in there. Um, but yeah, um, poor, poor from him. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it took you a while to get it. Um, and then, um, yeah, you've done this in the agenda, Nathan, so it's probably fair to give you. So yeah, we've obviously got a, an extended weekend coming up. Yeah, we do. It's a good old Easter. So good Friday, we got Sunderland away, um, which... Um, is always a nice one to go and hopefully win because I remember they said some disparaging comments about Shrewsbury a while ago, just saying uh, that they should be higher and we have to play the likes of, we have to go to towns like Shrewsbury as if, again, Shrewsbury's a horrible place to go and it's not. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, Sunday away on f- uh, Friday and then Easter Monday we're back home against Doncaster, which I think we were chatting about that earlier, uh, earlier Ollie, weren't we? That, you know, we really do need to get... If we don't score at least a goal <laughs> against Doncaster... 
then <laughs> then like the club should I don't know refund the fans or something because or we get another set of free food or pies or pints because Doncaster are an abysmal side. Yeah, like yeah, free chips <laughs> for Glenn. Yeah, they, their their goal difference is minus forty six. So there you go. But uh, but they did win yesterday. It looks like yeah. So anyway. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, so uh, so yeah, so so yeah, uh, Doncaster on Easter Monday, so a nice little bumper weekend of football. Um, Charlton away on the 23rd of April, and then that's it. It's all uh, 30th of April, Wigan at home, which it, haven't they sold like all of their away end and then some or something? Yeah, they were trying, yeah, yeah. and then the club has stopped selling um, tickets for that game or allowing people to register as fans. Cause I, I, think... I did have a look at like our, what we can buy for that game. There are suspiciously full. Uh, blocks in our ground at the moment yeah so that could be a quite a spicy game um so hopefully we can rain on their parade a little bit so uh but yes yeah, so that's last game to see and that's it can't believe there's only four games left yeah it's gone fast in the end yeah which in a way i'll be quite glad just because of the way it's kind of petering out but i think in a way it's quite nice that we're in that position isn't it because you know about a month two months ago we were probably worrying about oh god how is it going to be at this stage but even though we're not completely safe it would be it, well, yeah, let's talk to on the league table. So we're 16th in the league table, 49 points. Gillingham and Morecambe and Fleetwood have all got 38. So for those guys to catch us, that's 11, obviously 11 points gap. They've only got 30 points all season. They're not going to get a quarter of their points again in exactly. the last few games. Um, yeah. So, And even if one of them does win all their remaining games there's another two sides which get sucked in and also then between us there's Lincoln with three points less than us so we're 16th I don't think we're going to get 15th I think it's between us and, and Burton for that um, 17th 16th place so that's it are you Tom are you going to either of these games on the weekend uh, I'll be at the Doncaster yeah Sunderland's way too far for me um, I'll be working on the Friday but yeah, I'll be at the Doncaster game. It sounds like a good fun game. We'll win six seven nil, um, <laughs> or or nil nil. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, we, we're on the beach, aren't we? Nothing much to see anymore. We're just open for some random random nonsense like we had yesterday. Yeah, and hopefully some kids play as well. It'd be good to see like Caden come on. I, I, yeah, um, he's gone to a lot. Of, he's gone to a lot. He spent a lot of time on a coach, the poor lad, without getting any yeah. minutes. Will he though? Is there, is there, Will he play him? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not in his mindset to, to give games away to like these kids, though, is it? It's... No. Yeah, I don't know. No, it'd be frustrating. Like, yeah, but it would be good to see Kate, yeah, Kate and play. Maybe you know, maybe Bloxham as well. Start a couple of these games because I, I do rate Bloxham, and I think just get some more minutes under his kind of you know, yeah, that that would be good. But hmm. yeah, it'd be good to see um, Craig as well play. Um, was with mm. Ireland, so um, talent there. And has he yeah. played a minute yet? No, he don't. He hasn't. No, I don't think he's even played. I'm not sure if he's even played a minute in the in the in the Pizza Cup either. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> the Pizza Cup. Yeah, so maybe Janai will get some state, but I really would like to see Caden start a game. Mm. I think asking a lot. Yeah, I think we're asking too much. A bit like Warley. A bit like Warley. So, yeah, I think that's. Thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you joining me. Hopefully, the um, fans and guys have been. True Town fans have enjoyed listening to you, you two. Um, rabbit on for an hour or so about True Town. Everybody needs yeah, a week away from Blind, don't they? So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't he gone to court or something? Or court. Was it court. Yeah, court. Apparently. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed he was still but, tweeting yeah. about the game yesterday, though. So, I mean, he can't have been in too bad of a state. <laughs> no comment but but um yeah let's hope yeah Glenn will be back next week um it's a two game week on the Monday so maybe we'll record on the Tuesday we're not sure yet we'll um see what we do there but yeah really really appreciate you guys coming on the podcast thanks for your time and um yeah, yeah thank cheers you. Ollie thank you for having us yeah yeah thanks for having us it's been good fun cheers guys and yeah thanks for listening and we'll be back next week <laughs>